This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors, part of our under 100-horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. And welcome back to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me right now is the foam shadow, Emilio Danella, as he adjusts his camera. And then, of <laughs> course, we have Craig Coben. This is our initial reaction to Foam's 1-0 loss to Nottingham Forest. And unfortunately, guys, their loss and Bournemouth getting a point, Foam cannot obviously uh, clinch the title. It's, it's unfortunate. And uh, I thought the match overall was unfortunate. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, again, uh, a match they should not have lost. But they did. And I want to start off, before I go to both of you, I want to give credit to Nottingham Force. We'll just start, give them the credit that they deserve for holding on and, and getting a a goal to win the match. And uh, now they have a chance for automatic promotion. That's good for them. But that's about all I'm going to say about Nottingham Force. This is more to do for me about Fulham losing a match that I don't think that they should have lost, guys. Over to you first, mm-hmm. Mr. Danella. I want the opening thoughts of the shadow. I'm very disappointed by this, my friend. Very disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Greg. Hi again. Hi, Russ. Uh, yeah, I am very disappointed, to be honest. I, I thought the game overall was very disappointing. I think, if you, you know, I was coming into this game expecting a very open, classy, high-scoring match, plenty of goals, good football, but... You know, for, you know, first half there were sign, there were glimpses from both teams of that, but then yes, yes, you know, we 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 gifted them a goal. To gifted be honest, that was, is, you know, that's yes. kamikaze defending and goalkeeping there. And overall, we just didn't show enough quality resilience. I think as some of the adjectives we've talked about when the club was when the teams goes behind, yep, we struggle against teams that frustrate us. You know, you know, there's a lot of gamesmanship, especially in that second half, which disappoints. Overall. 
you know, Forrest, I don't think Forrest deserved to win. I thought we were good value for a draw. I think we had our moments. I agree with that. Forrest didn't really create much second half. And well, to be honest, we just need to show a little bit more fight, a little bit more strength, a little bit more resilience, get less frustrated. And you know, and just you know, just focus on on our on our playing on our on our on our style of football. But overall, you know, our substitutions didn't make much of a difference. I think I want to talk, oh, we'll about, talk about substitutions. About that. All the you know, yep. I was disappointed by those. But overall, disappointed not to have got at least a point. But overall, I thought it was a poor match for from two of the best teams in this division. Very interesting. Over to you, Craig. Feel free to share your thoughts, and also uh, if you want to share thoughts on what both Emilio and I said. You know, and again. I kind of echo a lot of what Emilio just said. I, I don't know. You know, again, these are two of the better sides, and uh, they did a good job of frustrating us. They got a, a fortunate goal. We'll call it a fortunate goal. Give them credit for the mm-hmm. goal, but let's call it a very bad goal to give up, Craig. I, I put that mm-hmm. more on Fulham than I do anything else. And Fulham didn't do enough to get that goal. They had the opportunities, and they frustrated us, and it happens when we go behind especially against a good team, why can we not get that equalizer? So I want to get your thoughts. Well, the first observation I would make is that the away kit for Nottingham Forest had to be the (laughs) ugliest (laughs) kit I've ever seen. They talked about that during the match, by the way. Fluorescent (laughs) yellow. I thought that they should probably have like one of those little lollipops and help school children (laughs) across the street. I've never seen a kit quite like that. And it made it almost difficult and painful for me to watch the match. As far as the game goes, I think we lost the game in the first half. Yes. Um, to, first of all, an incredibly sloppy goal. But more importantly, because we struggled both with their press and with the quick counterattacks that they were Absolutely correct. Um, they caught us flat foot on several occasions, and they could have actually scored more in the first half. I thought in the second half, we outplayed them, but we didn't create all that many chances. Um, a couple we did. And, and frankly speaking, they had a couple of uh, chances themselves, uh, including one in which uh, Rodak made an absolutely spectacular save after um, uh, there was a breakaway by Nottingham Forest due to a mistake by, by Tim Ream. So overall, it was a disappointing match. Um, we were playing arguably – the, the the team of in the best form in the championship. Right. I believe that since Steve Cooper has taken over as manager in September, uh, uh, Nottingham Forest have scored more have more points uh, than any other uh, team mm-hmm. in the division, including Fulham. So we have to recognize that we played against a very good team, and I think they caused us a lot of problems with their press, and with their counterattacking, especially in the first half. Okay, very good stuff. Back over to you, Millie. I want to talk a little bit about this because, again, uh, you've already mentioned this. I'm going to share this comment. Are you guys concerned about our lack of winning games from being 1-0 down? What does this mean for us in the Premier League? This is a great Mm -hmm. question because we've seen this time and time again. They have come back a few times, but for the most part, they're a Mm front-running team, Emilio. So how concerned are you? going into the next season. And again, I want to talk about a topic that I have for us when we talk about the defense in general. But what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, and I think if we would go back to the beginning of the season, I think what we always said with Silvers, you're going to win, you're going to win many games and you're probably going to lose quite a few games. You're not going to get many draws. I think that was always one of the 
one of his traits when he was managing other teams. There was a high win ratio and a high lose ratio, but not many draws. So, you know, that does worry me. Today, I agree with Craig, the high pressing, we struggled in that first half in particular, but we struggled with the, the gamesmanship, the tactics, the, you know, they're all trying to slow slow the game down because we were pressing a lot in that second half. But yep. one minute one guy falls over with a with a with an injury with his knee, then a leg, then a head injury. It was just the game was start stop start stop, and that's where we struggle. We 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 got, we're, we're hungry, we're determined, we want to get on with the game, and sometimes we have to play ball and play against the referee. I thought the referee was abysmal today. I don't know what you think, Craig. Oh, that, he got you know, high he praise. He lost on, control. He got high praise on the. Broadcast that I got high praise, and and I'm thinking high praise. I'm watching this high praise. Some of his decisions, he got every decision me, right. I'm, you know, I'm just, just telling you what I heard. Goodness me, I I just worry about the, you know the ability for us to turn around you know a deficit and find a way forward because but give us ideas. We were we were pressing, we mm. were creating opportunities. Will especially that second half, Williams, Wilson were linking up well. We we had the pace over them, but it's that final ball sometimes was just not quite there. It just and the, it, it, we didn't get the rub of the green at times. So, again, right. there, there are some games where, where we, we go in and win five or six goals for the good. There'll be other games where we just struggled to break them down. But overall, yeah. Forrest did a job on us. And I think we've got, we've got to learn from that. It's got to be a lesson learned in the transfer window. We've got to find players with more re- resilience, more strength in midfield in particular, a bit more quality and creativity in central midfield and, get maybe, and, and, be, and better overall finishing. But overall, look... It's another defeat. We've almost got the championship. To, I know. To our name. I'm not going to get too despondent. <laughs> Bournemouth, lucky they've come away with another point tonight. But you Oh, know, yeah. They were down 3-0. We're almost there. Yeah. But let's worry. I'm, I'm more worried about prioritising the Premier League and when we need to reinforce a team, But you know, rather than focusing on tonight's disappointing performance. Okay, very good. And, Craig, right back to you. Just one final thought on the struggles against the press and also the counter. What can we take out of this moving forward towards next season because we're going to see this again and every time we've seen it and i've actually had uh steve reynolds message me that we continue to struggle against the press is this uh on marco silva's on the players is it a little bit of both how can they fix this problem moving forward well one way to counter the press is to pass your way out, but we don't seem to have the players who are able to do that Mm -hmm. when we're playing against a very strong team and we're playing a 4-3-3. And so we don't really have an outlet up front other than Mitrovic, and that's not sufficient against uh, uh, a strong set of central defenders. The other possibility, of course, is we could have gone with two up front, as we did towards the end of the game, with uh, Mitrovic and Munoz. When we went, when we changed from a four-three-three to what looked like a three-five-two, right. The problem there is that both Mitrovic and Munoz are kind of occupying the same space, and they're kind of stepping on each mm. other's toes a little bit. Mm. So, if you're asking me what we need to do next season, and it is first of all, we need to get players who are who can pass the ball more quickly out of the back. Okay. And secondly, I think we need to have a wide striker um, because we're a little bit of a one trick pony up front. Now he's a beautiful pony. He's a thoroughbred. Uh, <laughs> he's an amazing striker, but in the premiership, it's not going to be enough. And okay. I think we saw that tonight where we didn't really have any answers to the defensive uh, setup that Nottingham Forest had. Nottingham Forest were playing three in the back. Um and you would have thought that we would have had an advantage with just one striker, 
Uh, we would have had more more people in the midfield. It didn't turn out that way. And then by the time we put two people up front, you know, again, they, mm. they didn't really create enough space for each other. And so I do think that w- although Mitrovic has had a record-setting season, I don't think we should be lulled into thinking that we have quite the right strike force for the Premiership. Okay. And listen, I've seen some speculation mm. linking form to a striker. So hopefully uh, we bring in another striker, Craig. That's actually a good point. And mm. Emilio, I want to go back to you because I'm seeing a lot of comments in regards to Cabano. So that's going to lead me to ask you your thoughts on the starting 11. Mm. And uh, again, I was speaking to a friend of ours uh, shortly before we started the show. And a couple things I noticed was Cabano not playing. Joe Bryant starting. There was no Anthony Robinson on the bench. I, I still have not heard any reason why he was not even included. So I don't know what, what's going on there. But what were your thoughts about the starting 11? And also, Surrey's included, and you have uh, Reed in a little bit different role. So what, what were your thoughts about all, all this with the starting 11? Do you think Silva got this wrong or got this right and we just didn't execute? Um. I'd probably question more. I think the, the Joe Bryan situation. I think obviously there's probably an injury to Robinson, so that okay. that's that's fair enough. I, I don't question Cabana not starting. I think probably he's probably Reed was probably started because of his defensive capabilities there, and knowing how high pressed Donning Forest play in their style of football, that was a way to tactically manage that. You know, the, the press for Nottingham Forest. So I think right. he got that right, albeit probably Reed didn't really perform tonight. Seri, for me, was man of the match, and we'll talk about that okay. in a moment. I thought he looked in control. His passing was good. You know, he's good, you know, got good defense. It's just, it's just silky passing. It make, makes me feel a lot more comfortable. But Harrison sure. Reed, unfortunately, is playing out of position. I think as many of the, the fans keep mentioning, if Continues you're going to play, to do Harrison, that. Yeah. play Harrison Reed in his natural position or don't play him and put him on the bench. You can't play Seri and Harrison Reed in the same team. And, and I think we lacked a bit of quality in midfield. And then, you know, so starting 11. To be honest, I think I think was, I don't think I don't question the starting. I think that was a good starting eleven. I thought that on paper that was okay. good enough to get a victory. The substitutions would, well, we'll would let me that. down. I thought I thought with some some odd substitutions, especially Williams coming off and Cabana not not given twenty twenty five minutes of game time. Very interesting stuff there. Over to you, Craig. As we talk about the starting eleven, this is from my friend Steve Reynolds in Spain. Starting lineup was wrong and defensive. Tete and Cabano sh- should have started that at times can prevent mm-hmm. the press tactics. What are your thoughts about that, Craig? Look, I, I actually think Tete should have started because I think he crosses the ball extremely well and he's a very progressive player. Um, we clearly had difficulties on the left side. Now, if Brian started because Robinson was injured, I okay. understand that. Um, but, we, you know, I think um, Spence and Johnson uh, uh, for Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. – was just a lot of problems on that side, and we weren't really um, able to to handle it. Whether we should have had Cabano or Decoradova Reed, hard to say. I mean, Decoradova Reed was fairly invisible during the match. Mm, if I'm absolutely. being honest, and I guess the real question for me again is, given the press that that they played, right? Should we have maybe reconsidered our four three three setup um, because we just did not have the right structure to handle the kind of press that they were putting on us. Okay, very good stuff. All right, guys, let's get into it. And Emilio, I, I thought the match started fairly well, and uh, you know, I I could just see that I could I had a good feeling going into this match. I, I had a feeling that we could match up 
okay with, with this team, and I figured we would score a goal or two. But then we have the goal, and I, I you know, and I, I don't know if you got a good look at the goal, but I've seen a lot of goals given up over my years of watching film. This has to be one of the worst. Okay, yeah. I've never seen. I shouldn't say I've seen some very bad goals. I remember I saw Tim Ream against Darby County. That was a mess. If you remember that one, mm. but this one was horrible, Emilio, yeah. and preventable. And yeah. this just set up what we saw after that. If this doesn't go in, I think the match is completely different. So yeah. what are your thoughts about Foam giving up this, I'm going to call it, horrible goal? Horrible. Yeah, it was awful. It's awful. I've I've deliberately not watched the replay of it, but in the lead-up to the goal, I thought it was a very open game. Both sides you know, yeah. looking forward. It was very open, very expansive. And the type of game I was expecting to see from the probably arguably the two best teams in the division. But, um, yeah, but it's a horrible goal to give away. I thought that's potentially a foul. In the lead up to that, into the goal again, I haven't seen the replay, but Steve yep. Lydia assures me he would have given it as a foul and and a, and, a, and a free kick to Fulham. But you know, we had Silva went crazy. We had opportunities to clear the Silver ball. Silva went nuts. You know, so you know, Reem had plenty of time to clear that ball, but equally, yes. he was directly in front of me, and I could see Tim Reem, you know, giving hand signals to Rodak, "Come here, come here, come and clear the ball, come and get the ball, come and get the ball." Rodak yep. stayed in his spot, looking absolutely clueless. And again, it's like both are at forty. Reem could have cleared the ball. But I saw him communicated to Rodak with his hand signals to come here, come, come, come. Rodak stayed rooted to his spot and obviously the ball got poked. And, and, you know, it was a a kamikaze goal, to be honest. But both are at fault. But I'll give 25% of fault to Reem, who could have done the easy job and just hoofed the ball away. And Rodak, who gives me, at times, made some important saves during the game, like Craig said. But that was was poor, poor goalkeeping there, lacking leadership. And you need you need a strong goalkeeper in the Premier League who commands his box a lot better than what we've seen of Rodak the last two or three months. So sorry, Rodak, another 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 mistake to add to your collection this season. Okay, and Craig, I, I want to go to you because we're talking about the goal, but I want to also talk about the big picture because uh, I have a lot of comments on this. Because again, we're looking towards the Premier League. Let's call it what it is. They give up this comedic goal. We're talking about problems with the press. I don't think this defense, the way it's constituted right now, is good enough for the Premier League. I, I don't think anyone is going to disagree with me on that. We keep seeing instances of errors, mistakes. I love Tim Ream. We know he's not he he's not going to be able to do it in the Premier League. Tosin, potentially. If we keep Nico Williams, potentially. I think Tete can as well. Joe Bryant can't. And I still have doubts about Rodak. And I think we're seeing this during some of these losses and results that don't go Fulham's way. I think it comes down to the defense, Craig. And I think we're saw it again tonight. No, look, you're right. I think it's worth going through what happened actually on the goal, because I think it's sort of emblematic of some of the problems that we had. Yeah, go ahead. They took a quick throw in. They took a yes. very quick throw in and effectively, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Danish player. Uh, you know, he outraced Reem to the ball. And Reem, I thought Reem, from where I was sitting, could have cut the ball out. Instead, he just tried to ride out the the, the player and let Rodak pick up the ball. And, of course, there was the miscommunication and, mm. and, and, and the goal was scored. Um, but we do make too many mistakes. Uh, I don't think our... Uh, our defense is good enough for the premiership. We will probably need to upgrade 
uh, at the goalkeeper level, just as we did last season when we were in the Premiership. Rodak was not the starting uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, he's a good shot blocker, but he um, his distribution and his command of the box are probably not at the Premiership level. Uh, I think also I we're probably going to need we go. more go depth at the central defense. Um, you know, probably to replace Reem and. You know, Tosin, Tosin looked good in the premiership, but he had an outstanding partner next to him and in uh, and, and Anderson. And so I don't know how well he would cope um, on his own. And then as far as the wings go, I still believe Kenny Ted is a fantastic player, but he I is in so. prone. Nico Williams, to me, is still unproven. And on the left side, uh, I don't know about whether either player, uh, either Brian or Robinson, really can be in the starting 11 of a premiership team. I agree so with it that, does Craig. feel like we're going to have to do a, a substantial amount of recruitment. And we all know that finding world-class defenders is very difficult and very expensive. Totally agree. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just share this last comment. I've been sharing comments about the defense. It's from Dave Cronin. Desperately need a commanding mm-hmm. hangover type center back who is also a leader. I would agree with that, Craig. And like you mentioned, when we had – Last season, you know, Tosin had someone that he could really, you know, work with in and Yoki Anderson. They're going to need someone like that again. But we need a Zat Knight, and Billy uh, <laughs> knows who I'm talking about. That's what we need. Is that we need a kind of commanding center forward. You know, Tosin may be able to do it. Yes, but um, you know, he was partnered with Anderson, and I, I, I think we have to recognize just how good, you know, his Anderson. that partnership was. Yeah. And I don't know whether whether they can replicate that um, next season. It really depends who else we bring we bring in um, into the defense. But I also do think, you know, it's, we can't just focus on the defenders. I think the midfield as well. Yeah, I, is I would agree, not Craig. Quite quick enough. Uh, we look good up front, but the, the the if you look at today's midfield, Harrison Reed. Jean-Michel Seri, mm-hmm. I know the fans all say that he's Marco Silver's man and he's better than Zidane. And I may sing that in the Hammersmith stand, but I actually don't really believe that he's better than Zidane. Maybe he's better than Zidane now, but he's not better than Zidane when Zidane was in his prime. Okay. And hmm. and and Tom Kearney, you know, we, we all know what Tom Kearney can do, but he's a, a largely one-footed player. And, and I think that's a hindrance, Craig. The premiership. Yes, I think... You know, listen, I love Tom Kearney, but mm-hmm. there are so many times I wish he could use his other foot and he just will not use his, he's too one-footed, Craig. And I think that, and I, and I think it's too slow. The buildup is too slow. I agree with you. I think we need more pace in central midfield. So look, we're, we're, we've got our work cut out for us. Um, the last two times we were promoted, you know, we had a mixed record with recruitment. Yeah. Um, there's always a danger of, changing a team completely from because you you lack the continuity right and look you know we we will win the division we will win the division relatively easily and so there is an argument for 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 not you know for keeping many of the same players however i do think the championship is much weaker this season than it has been in past mm-hmm. seasons oh, i totally agree with that because of the financial difficulties that some of the larger clubs have had they haven't been able to recruit really good players from abroad and, you know, I think that, you know, our stuttering form as we come into the end of the season has exposed a lot of the uh, weaknesses that we have. This is a team that will yeah. go straight back down if we don't strengthen it. See, but I'm glad that you brought that up. 
in a way, Craig, I'm kind of glad that they're being exposed because I'm hoping that the higher-ups at the club react to it. <laughs> because you can't be watching this and think, okay, we're fine going in the Premier League. You should be watching everything to the very end and say, you know what, this is where we need to strengthen because you're seeing the weaknesses in front of you. It's yeah, time when to you react now. Nil, when you beat teams 7-0 twice. You don't see it. Or 6-2. You know, yeah. you think you think it's a walkover and you've got the greatest team in the world. But today, look, I thought in the first half we were outplayed, even though it was a joke of a goal that we conceded. Right. And, you know, I didn't. I, I think that in the last few games, you know, our form has been middling. Mm. And, it, you know, it is not going to be good enough <laughs> no. to stay in the premiership. Yeah. No, and I totally we've, agree with that. And Bill, said, I want to go over to you because uh, I think this is a good topic during this show to talk about. We've already talked about the defense. Craig brought up the midfield. But in a way, I, I'm, I'm upset that they lost this match. But in a way, I'm glad what Craig said. I think it's exposing the weaknesses that need to be addressed. Yeah, and again, I'm not going to... You know, then again, I'm trying to put a comparison between this team and the one that got promoted two years ago. Obviously, no comparison in terms of style of football, quality of football, but right. the inconsistency, especially the last two or three months from you know, and the form that we've showed, the form that you know, I can, I, you know, they've I've been fading. The last two months is not been fading. Top, top two, top. We've faded very dramatically, and to be honest, we've only got a handful of more points than we had two years ago when we got promoted through the playoffs. I know. Playing a, a horrible brand of football with a manager that was, you know, wasn't liked by our fans. So, so again, I don't think I think I mentioned this last week. You know, we've got eighty-seven points. Okay, if we win the championship, so be it. But on paper, you know, we should be we should have been romping towards a hundred point mark. You know, I remember the beginning of the season when we were winning those four game, those games six nil, seven nil. All the fans were expecting us to hit a hundred points very quickly. The goals the goals have dried up at times. We've lacked more creativity. We're getting frustrated when we become inconsistent. So you look at our record of the last two or three months, it's not top three, top four quality, as far as I'm concerned. So, yes, I agree with you, Russ. It may be it's not a bad thing that we're exposing our frailties. And it just reinforces the point that we have to strengthen in in, in those areas, goalkeeper, defence, exactly. and central midfield. And we do need another striker, to be honest. Exactly. So there's a lot of investment required. And I'm sure the, the owners are doing the right things and they're obviously scouring the uh, the globe for appropriate signings. So I, I trust in our owners. So they've done it so twice. Do I. So I don't so- have any I don't have any issues there. But I think rather than dwelling on the same problems that we keep talking about week in, week out, it's 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 a matter of fact. The division is weak. We've managed to get promoted. Let's build for the next season in the Premier League. And we do need a lot of reinforcements. But it's what's for us what's disappointing is just the the fact how we've declined. Those, right. You know, since those six two wins, Bristol City and Birmingham when was that, January, end of Jan, in February time? We've been inconsistent. We've lost to Huddersfield at home, Coventry at home, Forest at home. You know, that's not good enough, to be honest. You know, right. in each of those games, I thought we we, we were second best. Not necessarily second best, but we didn't deserve to win any of those three games. Okay, very good there. Mm. And, uh, and I'm glad that we're talking about this because as we mm. get ready for the Premier League, we should be doing this. This is what the podcast is really can be useful for we got to keep the club accountable and that's what we're doing here again i'm looking forward to them being in the premier league but i don't want to go right back down and i mm-hmm. think in a way being able to talk about this allows us to get that mm-hmm. out there the other podcast friends of Fulham, all of these sites i think can put pressure and keep Fulham accountable i believe in the ownership i do but we need to be voicing our thoughts on what we're watching because recently it hasn't been good enough. Okay. Good.
Good stuff. Craig, over to you before we go to the man of the match to end this. I, I want to get your thoughts about the second half in this way because Fulham had plenty of chances in the second half to equalize. So do you just put this on, I don't know, on is it was that more to do with the goalkeeper and Nottingham Forest or bad luck or just not being clinical enough or a little bit of everything? It's a little bit of everything. There was the uh, chance at the start of the second half that was scored, I think, by Decordova Reed. I think it was Carvalho who had a fairly good shot on goal, which was well saved by Samba. And then we didn't have that many clear-cut chances. Uh, And our our attacking started to become fairly predictable um, Mm -hmm. with attempts to cross the ball into Mitrovic. And against a defense like Nottingham Forest, where they they had three very strong uh, center backs, not to mention two excellent wingers, um, you know, it was, we couldn't really break down their their defense um, all that often or all that easily. Okay. Um, you know, good. so, yeah, you could say we could we, we didn't get the, the rub of the green, but it's not that apparent to me that we deserved to, to score a goal. Okay. Um, the gamesmanship, uh, the time-wasting were incredibly annoying. Okay. Um, as, but Fulham did expect. that against Bournemouth, so we have to mention that as well. Fulham actually did the same thing. So yeah, but, I agree but with you, you know, there's good and there's evil, right? So <laughs> I, I think we're you know, okay. Uh, who whom? If I may use, I think that's Lenin's mm. term, right? It's who okay. whom. So I don't really like it when um, when they when other teams um, waste oh, time I agree with or feign injury. Oh, um, I hate it. I hate it. And, and this is bad, um, too. No, good point. The time but, wasting by them was but, horrible. You know, I, I thought we probably deserved a draw, but I don't really feel that we have been hard done by the, the result. Okay. I okay. don't think we played particularly well. I think well. the goal is our own undoing. Mm-hmm. Right. And by the way, they had the best chance in the second half when mm-hmm. Reem was beaten by um, – I think it was Johnson, and then yeah, they crossed save. over to Sturridge, and Rodak made a phenomenal, phenomenal mm-hmm. save. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Okay, guys, to wrap up the show, we first are going to talk. As well, Cavalier, oh, so go ahead. Half. I was going to say Cavalier in the first half. You know, soon after they we we gave them a soppy goal away. Cavalier should have done better. I mean, let's not forget that okay. chance. If he had yep. scored from yes. you know, position one one. Would have been a different game, to be honest. So I think we, I think we had our moments. That's a good point. You know, That's a good point because right half, after they Williams scored, Wilson, yeah, Wilson and Williams were linking up very well. Good balls in the box. Wilson making some great runs into the penalty area. And at the time, why did why did Marcus Silva change that? To be honest, that was that didn't need changing as far as I was concerned. That's where okay. that was where we we're going to get a goal from 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 the right hand side. But you know, he decided to put Tete on, which I found a little bit staggering in the circumstances. Okay. And you know, those those tactical those substitutions I think maybe lost us the game as well. I thought I thought we we were we were pressing and we were knocking on the door in that second half, you know, winning free kicks, a lot of corners amongst all the all the uh, ta- you know all the uh gamesmanship and bad tactics from Nottingham Forest. But overall, you know, he made those decisions and it, it didn't pay off those substitutions. Okay. And Emilio, I forgot to mention that. So before we go to talk about man of the match, I want to go to Craig. Your thoughts on the substitutions? Because I agree with Emilio. I didn't understand them. 
I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit. I actually thought Tete, when he came in, he added a bit of energy and he had put in a couple of good crosses. Um, look, the substitutions were basically, I think, in the end, we changed from having a 4-3-3 to, I think, a 3-5-2. Um, and that was to try to push you know, more players up forward. You know, you're exchanging as well. Kearney for Reed, which was a more sort of offensive structure in the midfield. You know, I think we were trying to push for that second goal. Yeah. Um, it didn't quite work out. And, and you know, there was that one moment where um, who was it cut in and backheeled it to um, backheeled it to, to Mitrovic, but he just couldn't get his, he couldn't get the ball away from his feet. You know, we had some mm-hmm. moments. I didn't think the substitutions made were, were that, you know, were, were that problematic. Okay. I think we did need to change the formation a, a little bit to try to push forward for the goal. Okay. Whether they could have put in Cabano, you know, he takes free kicks really well, and that's certainly one reason that we should have considered right. him, especially because I thought Decker Dover Reed was fairly invisible in the match. That's a great point. Okay. To end the show, coming up next, we're going to talk about man of the match. Okay, guys, we will finish up by talking about Man of the Match. I do want to mention this. I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, Emilio, because I was just upset by the loss. <laughs> Subscribe to Cottage Talk yeah. on YouTube. I forgot to mention yeah. that. Please yeah. do. <laughs> I actually saw someone, actually, I believe it's Greg Jones, already subscribed. Thank you so much. We really thank want you. to build up this uh, YouTube channel, so thank you very much for doing that. But, guys, let's end the show with talking about Man of the Match and Emilio, I talked to our friend Steve Reynolds, who will be with you for the Luton Town match. He already mm. has sent a comment that he's going to help you over the barrier as we <laughs> win the title. So, but anyways, who is your yeah. man of the match? He said Sean Michael Surrey. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, but you know, he just provided a lot of quality. Good. He actually did, he played a lot very well defensively today. I think even despite all the pressing, I thought he he got stuck in. Quite you know throughout the game, his passing was slick and sublime at times, but he looked very assured throughout the game. The fact that he lasted the whole ninety minutes is is a positive as well. So, I think by far, Seri was my man of the match, and I thought I also thought Wilson looked lively, especially in that second half. You know, he tried to make things happen, and we just just didn't get a bit of luck and you know and quality. That maybe that final ball was lacking at times, but overall, Seri by a country mile. I agree with Stephen Murray, and I'll give Wilson number two. Okay, this is for you. Foam Shadow. Foam Shadow gets the man of the match for telling it like it is. I like that. Let's mm. see. Let's see what we got. For me, Russ, and Team Surrey. Okay, so we got another Surrey. I mm. think I saw Dave Wilson said, or Dave Cronin, that's my mistake. That's a Goldman for you. Harry Wilson, man of the match. So we got. We do have the comments coming. Mm. Steve Linyard has to go with Surrey. So can we, well, let's see. Steve Turner says... Surrey, without a doubt. How about you, Craig? I'm going to go with Surrey as well. He's Marco Silva's man. He may not be better than Zidane, but he was uh, <laughs> he was a ranker in the midfield. And in addition, I think you know he was a key outlet for you know mm. relieving us uh, of the pressure on the um, you know I, I, we turned the ball over quite a few times. We did in the first half. Mm-hmm. And without Sari, I think that we would have really been under under the cosh. I don't think it was a particularly well played game by Fulham. No, I don't think the pl- any player really stood out. But I think Sari was the best of the bunch. Okay, what do you guys think of this comment from Steve Ledyard, Emilio? 
Brian did okay. Bit like last week's game. Good first half. Made a few mistakes in the second half. You know, he got caught. He got caught out a few times. You know, you know. Ultimately, a game of two halves as Joe Brian. A bit like last last yep. Tuesday. You know, he had a great first half against Preston and maybe sat back a little bit more defensively in the second half. And today, same thing. He looked got some good crosses in the box in the first half. The second half, I thought it was quite in, anonymous to be honest. And made a few okay. mistakes, getting caught out. Okay, I want to say this about our friend Steve Lillard. Steve, how do we get you? to trade places with Graham Scott so you could be in this division and he can be in your division because he's horrible. Yeah, I, just, I, I just want to mention that, Steve. I, mm. I think you should be in the championship because that guy is horrific from from the Bournemouth match. I haven't had a chance to talk about that. So I just want to mention that to end the show. Guys, I want to wrap it up. We've I've had you guys on for 35 mm. minutes, probably too long. Craig, final thoughts before we wrap this up. Final thoughts is that we have no room for complacency going up into the mm. premiership. We've been relegated two consecutive times. Um, and I think our stuttering finish to the season have exposed a lot of weaknesses. Recruitment totally is going to be absolutely critical. And this time we have to get it right. Totally agree. And that's why, like I said, in a way, I'm glad that some of these issues are coming to light. We're talking about them because they need to get it right. Like Craig just said, over to you, Emilio. Final thoughts. Yeah, no, no, nothing positive about the game tonight. Just, it's, you know, I just want that title. Wrap up that title. So like do I. That's what, that's what really kicked ago. me off about tonight. You know, that's what that's what's pissing me off. Excuse my friend. You yeah. know, we should have done it on Saturday, and we gave away a late penalty tonight. I, I thought we were good value for a draw, albeit it was a poor game by both teams. And you know, thankfully, Bournemouth are dropping points. So in a way, it's. Going back to what we said before, it's a poor division. The fact that other teams aren't capitalising on our inconsistency, I'm not sure is a positive. It's something that we need to we need to consider quite you know in the summer. And like I said, the owners, you know, don't let's tr- let's trust in them. They will know what they know what we, they need to do. And to be honest, they've already yep. been scouring the market for a number of transfers. So I think hopefully we'll we'll have a team that will give, make us more competitive next year and uh, give us a better chance to survive. You know, right. it's, we've got to trust in our owners. We've got to trust in them. That's a good point, and I'm going to leave everyone with this because I've been giving this a lot of thought, and I'm glad we're talking about the owners and we're talking about the team. And I look at it this way, guys. I was going to talk about this if, if we did another show, and we'll talk about this on future shows. For me, the reason why I feel Fulham have a really good chance of staying up this time is I think that you need a triumvirate, and this is what I, in football, and maybe people will disagree with me, I think you need ownership. I think you need someone that is willing to spend money. We have that and someone that cares about foam. We do have that in the cons. I'll say both cons. Regardless of what you think about the moves of Tony, he cares. And Shahid obviously cares. You have the manager, I believe, to keep you in the Premier League. I believe in Marco Silva. I think he's the right manager. You have to give him time. Whether we struggle or not, he should be there for the year. And... You have the goal scorer. You have Mitrovic. If you have those three pieces, I think you have what it takes to stay in the Premier League. You need to get the recruitment right to build around, but you have to have the striker. You have that, but you need more pieces, and that goes back to ownership. And I think you're going to get the support. That's why I'm saying the triumvirate. Fulham have it this time. I don't think they had it last time. They had Scott Parker. Sorry, I had to end 
by saying Scott Parker. All right. <laughs> and tactics as well. I think we may need exactly, to write out but the that right goes back to the manager. Want, but that goes back to the manager. Let's go back what the tactics are going to be next season. Exactly. I think are we play are we going to play in formation than what we played this year? So we're well, going to see how we set ourselves up for next season. It's a good point. It's a good point. But you have to have someone that you believe can mm, get the, the tactics absolute. right. And I believe we do have that man. I do believe that. So that's why yeah. I wanted to mention Mitrovic, the cons. And, of course, Marco Silva. That's why I feel confident. Okay. All right. Great show, guys, but we do have to wrap this up. For Emilio Donnello, the Foam Shadow, and Craig Coben, now retired. Thank you. I just want to mention that, Craig. Congratulations on your retirement. But <laughs> Thank we, you. But we can have you do the show with us, and I'm glad we can have you awesome. back. Great I'm Russ Coleman. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for watching and listening <laughs> to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.